Welcome to r slash pro revenge, where a teacher gets revenge against his terrible students. The backstory. The year this happened, I taught a high school class with grades 9 to 12. That's 14 to 18 year olds for you overseas guests. My class wasn't necessary to graduate, but did count as a core requirement. One of my beginning of the year rules was, I never want to hear, when will we ever need this? Because you didn't have to sign up for this class. How I structure my class is that I try to make students accountable for their own actions. My class was built so that it had something to offer everybody. If you tried your best, you were guaranteed a C. If you worked really hard, you could get a B or an A. I would bust my butt to help a student with any reasonable request. The best example of this was a student was working hard on an assignment and said, I think I understand it now, but can't turn it in on time. To which I answered, then turn it in tomorrow for full credit. This is how hard work pays off. Other than a few hard deadlines in my class, I would do whatever it took to see you learn the material. Screw around in my class. I've already found ways to run circles around the pathetic excuses you throw at your parents for your piss-poor performance. It sounds callous, but I was the teacher who would stay for 90 minutes after school to help you catch up, to help fix your project for another class, or even to listen to you cry about your parents' divorce. If I caught you goofing in class instead of doing your work, my rule was that at least 70% of class time was intended for homework, quizzes, etc. I would warn you a couple times, email your parents, and then wait and see if they even gave a flip. If they didn't, I would let you keep digging that hole until you were hip deep in water and begging for a ladder. And then, I would toss you a rope instead. You could still climb it if you tried hard enough, but a lot of kids would just cry until that hole caved in and buried them. I also utilized my school's online grading and assignment system for nearly all of my assignments, which meant I could document when a student looked at the assignment, how long it took them, etc. All of this allowed me to see what my students were doing, when they did it, and also if they were plagiarizing. This was also one of the tools that helped me make important decisions about leniency and also helped me to say things at conferences such as, Of course the test was hard. Your child didn't attempt the nine homework assignments until 11 p.m. the night before the test. Being able to prove that a student wasn't trying made it impossible for blame to be laid unfairly at my feet. It also meant the worst kids avoided my class. Bonus. However, this year, something magical happened. Every other year, I would get a wave of kids who just wanted to screw around and blame everyone else for doing poorly. At the end of the year, students would trash talk me, my class sizes would drop the following year, then I would receive high praise from those kids, so everyone would sign up. So on and so on. But this year, not only did I get a giant wave of knuckleheads, but they came with parents who loved to make trouble. I'd already heard tales of some of these parents. Other teachers were just dying to hear stories about our interactions because these parents were very much entitled. They would name drop lawyers when they didn't get their way, try to badger teachers into giving their kids extra credit, and would largely deny any wrongdoing on their kids' part. These were the parents who would get called in because their student was busted cheating, then accuse the teacher of making the class too hard, therefore validating their student's need to cheat. So, about these knuckleheads. It was a group of roughly seven senior boys who all shifted their schedules to be in the same period with each other. The other teachers couldn't believe that I had all of them at the same time, but I just shrugged it off. Every week, the staff lounge was dying to know how I dealt with their shenanigans, but for the most part, I had shut down most of their garbage from day one. I actually got along very well with them, despite their constant goofing, because they had mastered the ability to appear busy and didn't distract my other kids. Then came the first group project. 
My class size was just right for seven groups of four to form. The idiot collective formed two groups of four by pulling in a kid who had been absent on the first day of the project. These two groups crashed and burned on this project super hard for several reasons. But the biggest were that A, they screwed around during class time, and B, put off a two-week assignment until the weekend before and then dumped all the work on everybody else, which resulted in everybody doing minimal effort. I handed out the terrible grades and was immediately pulled into parent conferences with several of them. One at a time, obviously. Every meeting was the same. My kid did all the work, so he doesn't deserve a bad grade. Or... My kid didn't understand the assignment, to which I handed over my hyper-specific rubric, which is a checklist for how I grade things. I never wanted to be accused of grading based on not liking a kid. These largely went like this. My kid did all the work, and I don't think it's fair it should hurt his grade. Here's the work your student turned in. I handed over. Here's my rubric, which I printed and emailed to your student the day the project started. I hand that over. As you can see, I have itemized the grading for ease of use. I would be happy to go over the grade your student earned. Where are the missing parts? And the student says, Uh, my group members were responsible for that. I can't grade what I never received, so I can't reasonably just raise your kid's grade. Sorry. Now, good news for all my students. I make assignments worth more throughout the semester with the idea that kids who screw up early on can make it up later by working hard. I seed extra credit throughout the semester and all these parents are disgruntled, but happy to hear that their entitled embryo can still get an A in my class. Now, the end result of these meetings was that it clearly wasn't my fault. Remember, I had all this data to prove that I made every effort to contact everybody, etc. So it must be the other kid's fault. So these parents all decide that their perfect angel is no longer allowed to work with their previous groupmates. Like a cancer, this failure of friends distributes throughout the rest of the class. Like the genius that I am, I make my students write a group contract for every project that details who does what and when it's due. Why is this important? Because the contract provides me with documentation necessary to allow me to dismiss a bad group member and give them a zero without their parents dumping all over my day. So here's where the problem begins manifesting. These seniors begin bouncing from group to group like cancerous ping pong balls, wreaking havoc. I let students choose their groups, so these seniors are desperately integrating with anybody that'll have them. Because of my class size, every group has at least one coddled child to deal with, and these children just end up rotating until all my students have worked with one of these seniors at some point. Now I'm getting constant complaints from parents of the other kids about these boys. Their kids wanted a good grade, which means they ended up doing all the work while the seniors slacked. This is usually after the fact, at which time I bring up, I would love to yank that leech out of your grade pool, but you have to use the contract. Students don't want to say anything because they fear retribution from the seniors, but I can't do anything because I'll be accused of harassment. The contract can provide me with the leverage I need to prove that these kids were doing no work, because seniors have been playing their parents for years. I make my class utilize Google Docs because the changes are time-stamped. No joke, I've had students produce all the work the morning of a parent meeting to try and lie their way out and make me look like a piece of garbage. But that timestamp is a godsend. Luckily, my class is balanced. A sucky groupmate can make things hard, but not undoable, and parents are appeased that I have an out for their kid, but disappointed that their kid doesn't use it. 
Every time I announce a group project is on the way, some of these seniors sucker up to the other kids to the point that it's expected that a spot will be made for them. I'm talking buying kids lunch, bringing them gifts, etc. Seriously, the day before a group project starts, all the seniors now sit at separate tables from each other so they could pull the I'm already here, let's be in a group card, which works most of the time. The strain on class morale is difficult, but I'm biding my time. The other students are grabbing at extra credit opportunities constantly so that their grade can absorb the blow. And parents' complaints are completely mitigated because I'm still offering every chance for success. My principal has a copy of my syllabus in his computer so that he can quote student policies that the parents signed off on. It's not uncommon for him to hear, I don't read that so it doesn't apply. But he reminds them that the clause above the signature line says, My signature denotes that I have read this document in its entirety and agree to abide by all the rules. Or something similar, and that this should be a lesson to the parent and the student that when you sign something, you should read the fine print. The setup. So I have seven slothful seniors, but I shall name the worst of these Larry, Curly, and Moe. The fallout affects all of them, but these three are the ones whose parents have a boner for making trouble. Every time they bully a teacher into compliance, I imagine they sit around a smoking room with cigars and cognac, laughing at how they got their way yet again with a lowly teacher. I know that anything I do will be heavily scrutinized once the grades start falling, and I need to be able to shrug it off because I have other stuff to do. And I refuse to be the smiling topic of discussion in their celebratory circle jerk. However, a special note about Larry. Since he turned 18, his parents now travel nonstop and are impossible to reach. Larry is just a huge douche because his parents no longer care about what he does. I closely monitor their grades in my class, but also in others. This may sound sketchy, but I routinely do this with any of my students who struggle with the material so that I can identify if the issue is my class or all of their classes. Students have been known to fake their grades using Inspect Element, and I got tired of hearing, but they have A's in their other classes, because then I look like a piece of garbage. Anyway, after a check, I speak with the other teachers. It isn't hard to find out that these boys are doing minimal work in other classes, and I actually discover that Larry has been finding ways to get other kids to do work for him, and then disseminating it among his friends. Other teachers have been bullied into lowering test percentages in their class, and guess what? He and his friends are enrolled in these classes. Despite bombing these tests, homework and project grades give them a comfortable cushion so that most of them are floating at low Bs. I can't prove this, they're using Snapchat, but when I bring it up with their teachers, the teachers don't feel like trying to prove it and duke it out with the parents. Now, they're gaming other classes for minimal effort. However, their only recourse in my class is to keep rotating through groups and leeching off of their hard work to maintain C's and B's. And the other kids are too nervous to utilize the group contract to get them fired. Remember how I mentioned that I steadily increase the value of my assignments to keep kids working and give them a chance to fix their grades? On a random day in class, I said, Hey everybody, I was looking in the schedule and realized that your last project before finals may stress you out unnecessarily. Would anybody mind if I dropped it? My class, nope, drop it, best teacher ever. Okay, well, just so you know, I'm going to move our next project back a couple of weeks and extend the deadline by a week. Also, since I canceled the last project, this means that the next project will now be worth roughly 20% of your final grade, so do your best. Screwing this up could kill your grade. My class is like, whatever.jpg. So, in one step, I have inflated this assignment and also moved it. 
I send out an email to parents and students letting them know about the change to the syllabus and the assignment. Get no responses other than happiness and I'm removing stress from the end of the semester, etc. I actually did this primarily because another teacher, who was a huge douchebag, plunked down a monster project that same week and I knew it would burn out my students prior to finals. So I figured a break was in order. Win-win for me, really. Now, why did I move it? Maniacallaughter.mp4 The Friday before the project started, I announced at the start of the class, Okay, I'm introducing the project now so you can get into groups today and we can do it first thing Monday morning without delay. Since this project is so important, this announcement elicits a room full of sh-eating grins. Why? It was senior ditch day. Our school didn't condone a ditch day, so the kids tried their best to keep it a secret, but I found out a month in advance. All seven of these kids were absent from class, which meant that I had just given the entire room freedom from these dead weights. Immediately, groups are formed, and even better, I had a couple of kids transfer out of my class at semester, which meant, numbers-wise, these knuckleheads will have to work on this last group project together, in two groups. I emphasized that everyone needed to get to class as soon as possible so that they could start as soon as attendance was called. My original intention was to light a giant fire under all seven of these chumps to get them to actually put in the effort they had neglected to do all year. Most of them had grades in the low C range, except for one in the low Bs. As a bonus to all my students, I put an extra credit portion on this project so that they could recoup their early semester losses, but also allow these seniors to do very well if they put in the effort. This wasn't meant to be a revenge tale, but an attempt to give them one last lesson in responsibility. Before the end of the day, I sent out a parent and student notification that the project had been started and that any absent students needed to contact their classmates to establish groups before Monday morning. This was important, as you'll see. I'm sure you can guess what happened next. The immediate fallout. The next Monday, the seniors came traipsing in seconds before the bell to discover that there are only two tables to sit at. Whatever, they take their seats. After attendance, I say, Okay, everybody has a copy of the rubric, so go ahead and get started. The rest of the class immediately pulls out the rubric. The seniors look around frantically. The seniors quickly realize that they've been played and the arguing starts. The first thing that happens is that Larry, Curly, and Moe decide that they now belong with whoever they happen to be sitting with and scoot their chairs over to sit with different tables. I catch this right away and tell them that the groups are already at maximum size, four people per group. The other four seniors are already fighting with each other because they know that none of them will actually do any work. Larry, who thinks he's God's gift to everybody, tries to sweet-talk me and his group into special privileges and allowing a group of five. Now, I see some of the other kids wavering, and I know that Larry is putting pressure on them to argue his case. I designed this project for specifically four people and had a job for each one, but I extended a separate offer. I said, I'll let you join, but since there will be five of you, I expect double the work. Literally, I told them that they would have to do the project twice. Larry tries to argue, but I point out the roles I've established and inform him that if four people could do it once, having five should make it easier to do it twice. Sounds like a dick move on my part, but I've now intimidated the other kids into saying hell no and even have them put it to a vote. Unsurprisingly, Larry is the only one who votes that this is a good idea. And when the other kids catch wind of my offer, they physically shoo off the other seniors trying to pull this deal as well. You'll all be delighted to hear that the rest of the period for my seniors has spent arguing over who will work with who. 
They end up forming three groups and I nod my head, make sure they have a rubric and then wish them the best of luck. Being the smart teacher that I am, I email Curly's parents and Moe's mommy that they've chosen to work with each other. Moe's mommy shows up to argue with me all the time, but she's quickly learned that I won't take her flack. At a previous meeting, she even laid into Moe and told him, I'm tired of fighting all these battles with your teachers and I'm starting to think that you're the problem. But I suspect that this is for show. Curly's parents email me back and say they'll make sure Curly writes a group contract. You see, Curly has sold himself as the best student ever, and clearly he'll do the work and fire his classmates. Moe's mommy immediately requests a meeting with me. Per school policy, I don't have to respond to an email for 48 hours. I wait until hour 47 and email a non-committal. I would love to meet. When are you available? And wait for a response. I then wait another 48 hours to inform her of a time the following week that works for me. Now, some of the other senior parents have emailed me angrily demanding why I let their kids choose to work with the bad kids again. I had to inform them that I didn't expect all of them to be absent. Immediately, some of my seniors get burned at home because they ditched and their parents tell me, just try to help them pass, which I agree to. Some of them need this class for graduation after all. Mo's mommy, on the other hand, shows up ready to wage war. She starts by demanding that I put Mo in a different group. I decline because the project has now been going on for a week and it wouldn't be fair. She demands that I add him to another group. They're all full and students have already done the lion's share of the work. She demands that I let him work by himself with an extension. I gladly offer him an extension and slide a copy of the rubric over to him and he goes white. At this point, he knows that he's never planning to do any of the work. In fact, I know that his group hasn't even started. I have a copy of their group contract, which was hastily scribbled in pencil with no due dates on it. He starts arguing with his mom that he would rather work with his friends and that he's upset that he got stuck in the situation. Contemplating this, she accuses me of deliberately waiting until that day to screw the seniors over. After all, it was a school-sanctioned event and I'm being a douchebag about it and she'll go to the board with her story. Wrong. The joy I get from all of my prep work is shutting down BS like this. All seven of the seniors hung out on ditch day at her house and told her that the principal had given them the day off. Even better, they called in and pretended to be their own parents so that it wasn't excused absence. He's immediately busted and his mom flips her switch and jumps all over him. You see, she can keep pressing me on this issue, but I now have evidence that he pretended to be his own dad and this is a suspendable offense. I buy myself into her graces by telling her that I had no idea that senior ditch day was that Friday, but I gave her kid a free extension on the homework that was due because I thought seniors deserved their own traditions, blah blah blah. She buys it. Also, I can prove that I emailed him and her and gave them plenty of notice before Monday morning that they needed to pick groups before something like this happened. Obviously, once I found out about ditch day, I tried to give her precious treasure a heads up but I don't know why he didn't take it. She makes him open his email. My email is sitting there, unopened, and I've won this battle. She thanks me and takes him home. Class morale is super high, unless you're one of those seniors. A week before the project is due, neither group has actually started and the HMS class average is about to hit an iceberg. The project comes due. It comes as no surprise that my enterprising seniors have turned in easily some of the worst work ever. 
One group got into a text argument the weekend before it was due and made one of the kids do all the work. Mo and Curly are in this group. The other group, with Larry, has also turned into a steaming pile. I make sure to grade these two projects first because I know the fallout is going to be big. All the seniors dropped at least one letter grade. A couple dropped two. This is four weeks before graduation. Larry appears to take his F- in stride. They got something like a 10% on it. So I know he's plotting something. Curly's parents demand a meeting, and so does Moe's mommy. Curly's parents are super upset that they got a bad grade and demanded to know why. What they didn't know was that I had already met with a student who did the entire project, poorly, and his parents. I informed Curly's parents that I had seen the text exchange between the seniors that pretty much ended up with, you effing do it. Curly refused to turn over his phone to his parents for confirmation. I also showed them Curly's project and hand over the rubric. Mom and dad are not happy. You see, Curly has been blaming everyone else for his mistakes since the dawn of time and his parents have bought in completely. Until today. Dad pointedly asks, which part did you do? And this causes Curly to spout actual tears. I then pull up a spreadsheet of all the group project scores from the year, with no student data and have highlighted his scores, which are among the worst. The purpose of this was to use data to prove that their son, frankly, never does the work. Curly is absolutely destroyed by this. His parents kick him out of the conference because they're tired of his excuses and ask me what they can do. I tell them that I would be happy to offer one-on-one tutoring and that he can still pass the class if he does his homework and gets a B on the next exam. They agree to this. We all shake hands and they leave. Curly's story largely ends here. He never shows up to tutoring and I email his parents. After three emails, his dad finally responds with, His mom and I have decided that he needs to learn to be an adult and are leaving him to his own devices. Thank you for your efforts. Curly will spend the rest of the semester doing little to no work. Because he's grounded at home, he's now just watching YouTube videos on his phone during school. (laughs) It'd be really funny if he watches this video. The ripple effect is glorious because now Curly is doing this in all of his classes. I speak with his teachers and they all email his parents that he has quit doing work in class and they get the same reply I did rather than the vehement responses they're used to. When Curly fails his classes, he still graduates, but his parents have informed him that they are no longer paying for his college and it's time to get a job. Mo's mommy flips her and demands answers. Unfortunately, Mo is in the same group as Curly and she gets the same answers from me. Strangely enough, once she's exhausted every effort and attempt to somehow blame me for this, she admits that she knew Mo was part of bullying the lone senior and that he should be ashamed of himself. She deliberately tried to play me, but outed herself when she knew that I already knew everything. Super annoying, but I agree to help tutor him one-on-one, which makes her happy. The long-term fallout. Mo's mommy is emailing me every few days now. Is my son doing his work? Did he get help with his homework? Etc. Non-stop, but she knows better than to fight with me. Larry is unusually chipper and is no longer doing his work. I found out that Larry is supposedly going to a college where he just needs to maintain his GPA over a super low number. He claims an F in my class won't change anything, so I make sure he doesn't distract the others. Mo shows up only occasionally, but strangely enough, Larry pops in just to say hi whenever Mo is getting help. I can't fathom why he does this, but suspect he's up to something and already have a backup plan in place. 
You see, Mo's mommy is nuts, and I make sure that there's always another person in the room with me when I tutor him. Anyway, Mo's mommy is constantly checking in. I start waiting 48 hours between emails, cause I can, and she starts dropping by in person unannounced to check on him, meaning me. She's been acting cagey lately, and I'm starting to suspect something. It's effing Larry. Larry is a friend of Moe's, so he's been in her home feeding her made-up stories to convince her that I've been emotionally abusing Moe when other students aren't around. Stuff like I was calling him an R-word after school, etc., and then telling her, You can even have the school check the cameras to see that I'm there. This starts a whole thing where she's now demanding answers from admin, but OP is smart. Administration asks me about details regarding my interactions with Mo, and I end up sitting down with my principal, Mo, and Mo's mommy. She details that Mo is struggling, might not graduate, and that she believes that I have singled her kid out for abuse and wants his grade raised. You see, Mo is dumb and lazy, and his mom is just as bad. When Larry went to her with this story, she never bothered talking about it with her own son. He just agreed and went along with it, so I asked Mo point blank to please describe what has been said during our sessions, and then offer to leave the room so that he can tell the principal without me there. She tells me to stay because she wants me to hear from her son what I've done to him. What neither of them know was that I was a mentor teacher. That meant I had a first year teacher as my mentee, not a student teacher, but a new hire that works with a veteran teacher to learn the ropes of our school. And I had her working on grades and such in my room after school. You need so many contract hours. On the days that I agreed to meet Mo. She was young, so Mo thought she was another student and never questioned it, and couldn't even remember that she was in there. My principal already had statements from her detailing my interactions with Mo, and Mo was unable to give any actual details and suddenly forgot what had been said to him. This lands Mo's mommy in hot water with admin, and she blames the whole thing on Larry and becomes visibly upset that she fell for such a stupid ruse. This results in an email cautioning teachers from being alone in a room with either student. Suddenly, after-school help evaporates for both, but hey, I always have someone in my room, so whatever. After that meeting, Larry is now suddenly super concerned about his grade. I rationalized that he was hoping to burn me out of my job and then use the fallout to get a passing grade. Obviously, it doesn't work, so fuck Larry. I have kids who actually want to succeed. My free days are now on days I know he works and he never shows up for tutoring anyway. Now that other teachers are hesitant to meet with him, he's unable to cut deals to raise those grades either. Seriously, teachers fell for this change of heart spiel every semester. Mo's mom makes a last-ditch effort and tries to convince me that the parents of the seniors have scheduled a meeting with my boss to have me fired for giving their kids a bad grade, and that she would be willing to put in a good word for me if I meet with her first. I'm sitting next to the principal when I get this email, and he has no idea what she's talking about. I tell her I'd be happy to meet everybody, but that I would probably eat my lunch during such a meeting and that I hope people didn't mind the smell of fish. I get a, no, seriously, they're threatening to sue you, but feigned stupidity and informed her that I couldn't be sued for eating fish during, <laughs> during a meeting. She now realizes I give zero Fs about anything and can't be threatened. Again, there's nothing she can do because I'm simply following policy. The last few weeks are frantic for these seniors. One by one they fall because they've done little to no work for a couple years now and they have no idea how to apply themselves. 
Other teachers are emboldened by how hard I shut them down and finally hold them accountable. A few of them just barely manage D's in my class. The rest fail. I get a few last second squeaks of, what can I do to raise my grade? But have documented that none of them attempted the extra credit assignments and that was their chance. It's hard for a parent to dump on you when you can prove you actually tried to give their students extra credit and can then prove they never opened the assignment online. These guys are now failing some of their other classes. A couple of them have breakdowns in my class and leave crying. Their friendships are fracturing with each other because they now all hate each other for what happened, which they'll get over during the summer. My last test came and I made it an online multiple choice test. It was easy enough to have the questions and answers shuffled in random order, meaning they couldn't cheat off of each other. You see, I knew for a long time that they would sit next to each other to try to cheat on the exam. And Larry had blown a ton of money on tutors to try and carry his friends. This throws them all off, and when Mo's mommy accuses me again of trying to trick her kid with a much harder test, it was easy enough to shoo her away with a simple email. Larry passes the exam, but his grade moves up to a meager D-. The results. Of these seven seniors, one didn't graduate and had to transfer schools. His parents were embarrassed that they paid to fly the whole family out for a graduation that he didn't get to partake in. Two of the seniors lost all their scholarships and could no longer attend the schools they wanted. Their fallback plan was to attend the same school together and become roommates, which they did with three of the other seniors, including Mo. Larry's college was not happy with his final GPA. I'm not sure what his long game was, but it sucked. The college kicked him out before he could even start, and I found out his huge web of lies extended to his parents, too. He toured Europe over the summer and tried to surprise his parents by coming home instead of going to school. Apparently, they kicked him out immediately after because they were selling their house to get a condo somewhere else. Remember, they travel for work all the time now, so they wanted to downgrade. Last I heard, he made up a story that he joined the military but got released due to a made-up illness. I say made up because I heard this tale from three different people and each one was given a different disease. Curly's parents relented and decided to pay for Curly to go to college after all. Curly got kicked out halfway through the year, got busted more than once for underage consumption, and then kicked him to the curb after living at home for a year and refusing to get a job. Last I heard, he works in a vape shop. Mo went to school and used his book smarts to try and pay other kids to do his work for him. His mommy is rich. When that failed, he faked his grades to get his mom to keep footing the bill. Eventually, the school kicked him out and he moved back home. The story his mommy told a friend of hers, who I ran into at a school function, was that he decided that he would rather be an entrepreneur than go to college and that he bought a drone to film weddings with. Last I heard, he was acting as a distributor for his weed dealer, but had moved up to selling acid on the side. His mommy thinks he's working weddings. One senior went to college with his friends and immediately realized he needed to change. He quit hanging with his friends and, last I heard, graduated with honors in a lucrative field. He emailed me once to thank me for challenging him in high school because it prepared him for college, so that was nice. That's it. The end. Thanks for reading. And if you ever had a teacher you loved, send them an email. We love hearing from our children. OP is the perfect example of someone giving someone more rope to hang themselves with. This teacher destroyed his students' lives, but more accurately, he just allowed the students to destroy their own lives with their sucky behavior. He gave them every chance to succeed, and each time they basically spat in his face. 
That was r slash pro revenge. And if you like this video, then hit that subscribe button because I put out new Reddit videos every single day.